0: This is Conquering Columbus.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Conquering Columbus podcast. This is your co-host, Mike, here. And as usual, I want to start off by thanking you so much for tuning in. On today's episode, Josh and I are talking with Joe Petrelli, president and co-founder of Demotech an insurer rating service, and we'll talk a little more about what that means later on in the episode. But early on in the show, we talked with Joe about his first foray into consulting and how honesty helped him land his first consulting job.
2: I tell you my favorite story. There was a company that got bought. It was Republic Franklin. It got bought by Utica Mutual, and they had an office right here downtown. So I'm sitting there as a consulting actuary. I'm talking to Jack Heller, who is either well into his 90s president of company i'd had four interviews and he looks at me and he says you know we really like the way this is gone but we know that you're new to consulting He says, if we give you this assignment, will you be around next year to to do it again? And I looked at him and I said, I'll tell you what, if you don't give me that assignment, I won't be around. But if you give it to me, I'm pretty sure I will. And he looked at me and he said, you're an honest man. You got the job.
1: Later, we talk about Demotech's main service providing FSRs to independent regional and specialty insurers.
2: Well, FSR stands for financial stability rating. Most of the big companies that are doing insurance company ratings, they call them financial strength ratings. We call ours financial stability because one of the things that you'll find is for example one of our clients is I think the second insurance company ever formed in the United States another one's the third oldest they started I think in 1878 When you think about it, you're looking at they got to answer the bell and pay claims every day. And they are small and they're still in the same six states they were in 180 years ago. So it's about stability. And so that is a, a fundamental difference with the FSR between us and the other guys.
1: We wrap up the show talking about how important Demotech's mission is to Joe and why he feels everyone should consider the insurance industry when thinking about a
2: career. There are a lot of good companies out there that are not huge. They're small. You go to church with some of those people. There's pretty much a place for everybody. If you don't like to push papers, they need people to rebuild houses and repair damage. Claims adjusters. They're the ones that go out and figure out, you know, how much damage was there and, you know, how it's going to cost to get it fixed. And, you know, how do you hire a good person to do it? I'm kind of partial to the insurance business. They just tend to be good employers. We're not smokestack companies. When you look at their investment portfolios, we are buying bonds for schools to build new schools. We're buying things for you know, from governments where they need to borrow money to go out and get stuff done. And you don't have to be an actuary or a claims adjuster. You could be an insurance agent. I think insurance gets a bad rap, but at the end of the day, I think it's it's a, an industry people could look at as, as a possibility to grow.
1: All right, that's enough of the previews. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Conquering Columbus podcast. We got uh, myself and Josh in the booth today. Josh, what's going on? Wait, wait, wait. Are you going to talk about the weather?
0: No, I'm not going to Oof. talk about the weather. All of the weather's kind of been nice. Well, it's not nice today. It was nice yesterday. And I think it's supposed to be like 70 this weekend or you something. You just said you're
1: not going to talk about the and weather you and really then proceeded can... to talk about the
0: weather. Uh, you baited me into it. I did have some uh, different stuff happening in life. So today at 30 years old, I finally got an inhaler, which is nice because I sound like a broken tea kettle when I run. So now uh, that's been a game changer. It's been good.
1: Have you? Did you have like undiagnosed asthma or what?
0: I think I've always had it. Yeah. So undiagnosed would be a good good point. Yeah. I think I've always had it, but I just never wanted to get an inhaler because it made me feel weak, but now it makes me feel stronger. Good. So I use it. Good. Um, I also watched my significant other fall down about 12 stairs today and we only have about 11 stairs in our house. So if you're any, if you're in a math at all, that means she must've fallen down one of the stairs twice. Yeah. And that was quite a sight. And, uh, now I'm excited for our interview. You think Jen is listening to this? She's not even going to know you. No, she doesn't listen to this. No, <laughs> no.
1: Uh, well, yeah, no, I'm excited for our interview too. And I think that's a good point to, uh, kind of pivot here and introduce our guest for today. So Joining us on the show today is Joe Petrelli, president and co-founder of Demotech, the first insurance rating service to review independent regional and specialty insurers. At the time of the founding of Demotech in 1985, the insurance rating industry was controlled by a few key players, and many of them said it would be impossible to rate smaller regional and specialty insurers. Joe and his wife, Sharon, decided to take on the impossible and founded Demotech to compete with these large insurance rating firms, as well as to serve what they saw as a gap in the market and today they are one of the largest insurer rating agencies in the country in terms of uniquely rated insurers and have continued to expand their services since its founding in 1985. Really excited to have Joe on today to talk about the story of Demotech, how his role has changed over time, and much, much more. Welcome to Conquering Columbus, Joe. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Uh, How's your
2: day going so far? So far so good, but this is my highlight.
1: Yeah, all right. Well, we'll try and live up to that. First place we'd like to start, Joe, is just a little bit of background on yourself, your story, kind of how we got to where we
2: are today, and we can go as far back as, hey, have you always lived in Columbus? Uh, moved to Columbus in 1978, born and raised in Rochester, New York. And um, I, some of your listeners with a good ear will still hear that upstate New York twang. Um, but I went to the, uh, New York City College of Insurance back when God was a boy, and I've pretty much been in the insurance business my entire career. I was from school. I'm an actuary by background, so we're, we're number crunchers. And uh, we moved here in 1978 uh, to go to, uh, I won't name the the insurance company I moved here, but there's an arena named after them. Hmm. And uh, it didn't work out. And so we hung out a shingle in 1980, and we formed, uh, my wife and I, Sharon, formed Demotech in 1985. And um, yeah, here we are today.
0: So you're in New York City, going to college there, and you said you went to... An insurance-focused
2: college? I've never even heard of that. Yeah, it was called, uh, Josh, it was called the College of Insurance. And at the time, it was an independent college uh, in, um, basically in the financial district. And it had probably 99% of its students going at night and then a few of us during the day. And they got bought up by St. John's University, which has a decent basketball team, right? And uh, so they got bought up, I'm guessing, 25 years ago, maybe. And uh, so now it's the School of Risk Management and Insurance and Risk Management at uh, St. John's University. And actuarial studies is no joke.
0: I mean, that's a difficult degree to get. It's difficult to pass the tests. Did you take a while to get that done or were you able to rip through it pretty quickly?
2: Uh, Well, I got as far as I got, you know, fairly quickly. And um, uh, I'm an associate. I'm a member of the Casualty Actuarial Society, Society of Actuaries, American Academy of Actuaries, um, Mm -hmm. you know, some pretty boring stuff. But I also got my MBA at The Ohio State University. Uh, That was back uh, a long time ago. But uh, that'll be maybe one of the stories I get into later. And so did you and the wife meet before coming to Columbus or after? Oh, my God. We were high school sweethearts. Uh, my sister, Joanne, and her sister, Marybeth, were friends, and we met each other, and we've probably known each other since we were eh, maybe 14, 15. And did she also go to the College of Insurance? No, no. She's smarter than I am. She, uh, she, She wound up getting an accounting degree. And in the insurance business, uh, she got some new initials, uh, different initials than mine. She's a chartered property casualty underwriter and a few other uh, insurance initials. And so you guys
1: get to Columbus and you said that, you know, your stint at Nationwide doesn't quite work out the way you were hoping. And this was in 1980. You said you hung a shingle and... What do you mean by that? What? What? Where'd you go from there?
2: Well, I, I think we love Columbus. When we got here in 78, I mean, I'm from upstate New York. Keep that in mind, right? I get here in 78. They're talking about the, the storm of the winter of 78. And there's all these pictures. And I'm saying, where's the storm? I mean, you know, I'm used to four feet of snow on the sidewalk. In Rochester, they actually had plows that plowed the sidewalks. So you could walk to school. Hey. It, yeah, it's out. Of, it, it's out of control. So anyway, we got here. We loved it housing's reasonable, people are friendly, you know. So anyway, I decided, hang on a you show. Know, I became a consulting actuary, did a little bit of work. And and I think what what was interesting is my very first job was from the state of Ohio, what was then the Department of Insurance and Risk Management. And mm-hmm. from there on, down, I could tell people my first client was the state of Ohio and they were pretty impressed.
1: How'd you go about selling Those initial clients.
2: I tell you my favorite story. There was a company that got bought. It was Republic Franklin. It got bought by Utica Mutual. They had an office over at 366 East Broad, right here downtown, right? So I'm sitting there as a consulting actuary. I'm talking to Jack Heller, who is either well into his 90s or God bless him. I don't know which, but he's the president of the company. I'd had four interviews. And he looks at me and he says, you know, we really like the way this is gone, but we know that you're, uh, you know, new to consulting. He says, if we give you this assignment, will you be around next year to to do it again? And I looked at him and I said, I'll tell you what, if you don't give me that assignment, I won't be around. But if you give it to me, I'm pretty sure I will. And he looked at me and he said, you're an honest man. You got the job. And I worked with them till they got bought out by the bigger company.
0: Such a good New York way to put it too. It's like uh, just to kind of flip it on its head a little bit, you know? straight to the point. Put though. it right
2: in your face and say, here's how it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I wasn't going to lie to him. Right? right. I mean, you know, you don't have any credibility doing that, but it, it was fun, you know, and we did, I'll say this too. He was a small little company. We did some things. Uh, I'll be an insurance geek for a minute. They sold automobile insurance. And at the time, we're going back to 1980, 81. At the time, every company I think in the state rated Franklin County, as a single rate. So wherever you lived in Franklin County, your rate was going to be the same. What we did to be competitive is we said, let's do this. I said, let's break, let's take the city of Columbus and leave it a little bit higher. And then let's drop the suburbs in Franklin County down because you're driving to Columbus. You don't really live there. And he did that. He loved it. And then every other... Insurance company in the state did it too. They copied, they copied this little guy. Yeah. But that was my idea and we had some fun with it.
0: Very cool. And so you go from consulting and when does Demotech come into play? And when were you, were you in 1980 still? Yeah,
2: 1980 to 1985, we were, we were still consulting. Demotech came in 9, 9, September 9, 1985. And what we were originally going to do, Sharon and I, is like, if we're doing consulting work that was actuarial, i do it as a sole proprietor. And if I did consulting work that she was doing or something like that, we put it in Demotech and it was insurance, but it wasn't actuarial. And after a while, you know, you couldn't tell the difference between the two of them. So we just said, the heck with it, we'll just roll everything in the Demotech. Then what happened a few years after 1985, we heard about Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, the government-sponsored enterprises that buy mortgages. There's probably three to 5,000 insurance copies in the country on, on the property cash side to sell property insurance. And some, most of them are tiny. And what happened is Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were doing like their own scoring of these little insurance copies because nobody rated them. But somebody said, hey, you got a conflict of interest because you're going to turn around and sell your mortgages to me based on the fact that these little insurance companies are protecting the houses whose mortgages you're going to sell to me. So they said they didn't want to do it anymore. And they went to the big dog and they said it's impossible. And we got drifted to that. And we said, it's not impossible. You just got to know how to understand reinsurance because they're laying off the big risks. And we developed the process. And and, uh, the ironic thing about it is after we developed the process that got approved by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, the big guys who said it was impossible went back to Fannie Mae and said, "Ah, you know what? We'll do it after all. Mm -hmm. Why don't you decertify Demotech? Mm -hmm. And Fannie Mae, the woman there, her name was Anita Champ. She said to them, "Uh, no, I think I need them to keep you honest. I'm going to keep them on our list of approved people.
1: Yeah. So one thing that stood out to me was reinsurance, right? For people who don't have a good understanding of the insurance industry, what does that mean? Is that that's when you're insuring basically your business, if too many of your insurance plans get paid out on
2: in a certain amount of time, or how does that work? Basically the the little companies might write a million dollar policy, but they're going to have reinsurance in place that says, all right, it's a million dollar policy, but I'm gonna pay the big dogs, that have been publicly traded international companies mm-hmm. to take, say, nine hundred and fifty thousand of my million. Mm-hmm. And I'm only gonna keep fifty thousand. It all happens behind the scenes. It's all legal. Yep. But yeah, the little it's the way the little guys can compete.
0: Is it almost like and I might not have understood that right. Is it almost like cutting up mortgages where like you they take a mortgage and then you go splice it up and uh you resell it? or like like you would be doing for debt? Like, I mean, you're taking these liabilities, right? And then you're Redistribute them.
2: That face doesn't look like I'm right. <laughs> no, no. no. It, you know, I, 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 the only reason I'm making that face is because I'm not as familiar with the mortgages as as you know you seem to be. But I, I'd say yes, yeah, comparable. Basically, what you wind up doing is you will pay money to to the bigger companies to say I'm going to limit mine to X, and you're going to take everything above X, mm-hmm. and 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 that's th- and they negotiate the pricing, and it's all seamless to the consumer. And is it because these bigger companies are self-insured typically? The bigger companies are doing it because that's the business they want to be in. They Mm -hmm. don't want to be consumer focused. They want to have their clients be insurance companies instead of consumers. Right. And the
1: big companies have more assets than the small companies so they can afford to cover those bigger Yeah, they can handle
0: large risks. That makes sense. I still don't get, though, you'll have to explain this to me like a toddler probably throughout this whole episode because I've never been in the insurance space and obviously I can conceptualize it, but it's just, it's interesting to think about from a business perspective as you try to peel back the onion. And so rating an insurer, take me through what that rating looks like. Because me as an end consumer, I don't look at ratings. I just pick whatever insurance is cheapest.
1: Right. And, and maybe also filling in on, on your website, you mentioned FSRs, yep. right? So I'm guessing we can talk a little bit about what an FSR is here too, and and how that all gets calculated.
2: Well, FSR stands for Financial Stability Rating. And if I could spend a second on that, most of the big companies that are doing insurance company ratings, they call them financial strength ratings. We call ours financial stability because one of the things that you'll find is there's, like, for example, one of our clients is I think the second insurance company ever formed in the United States. Another one's the third oldest They started, I think, in 1878. And so they've been around forever. And when you think about it, you're looking at, they got to answer the bell and pay claims every day from 1878, 1879 to date. And they are small and they're still in the same six states they were in 180 years ago. Mm -hmm. So it's about stability. And so that is a, a fundamental difference with the FSR between us and the other guys. Financial stability rating. And we think that companies find a little niche, they stick to that knitting and it's about the stability. And because they're little, it's not about their strength. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's kind of the way we look at the world.
0: So there's different attributes that go into the algorithm to determine that FSR versus yeah. if it was a,
2: a FSR based on strength. Right. I, I think from our perspective, we look at, you know, how long you've been doing what you're doing Again, because you're a little guy, then we look at who the reinsurers are because they got to have big reinsurers if they're small. If I could use an analogy, I mean, you think about it. If you're going to get an Olympic gold medal in weightlifting, yeah, you're six six, you weigh three, you're three to quarter, and you got a training regimen and you got a skill set. The same way, if you're a figure skater, you can get a gold medal, but you're not going to have the same regimen. You're not going to have the same training. You're not going to look alike. And so we think each of them have a gold medal. I wouldn't ask the weightlifter to go skate. And I wouldn't ask the skater to go weightlift. And I think if most of the big insurance companies are trying to do everything, the small ones got like one thing they do and that's it. We don't want to do anything else or we can't do anything else. So again, it's about stability and it's about having you know, sort of a corporate mentality of this is who we are. And who's rating the big players? Well, I think the big players are getting rated by what? Uh, certainly Standard Poor's, Moody's, mm-hmm. Fitch, AM Best. I mean, those, those are the big dogs. I mean, AM Best in the insurance business is is essentially a, um, and I got this term from, from our council, I think it's a structural monopoly. Everybody loves them. But you got SP, Moody's, Fitch. And, and like I said, they, they're international. They rate, a, but even there, they're the big guys. They rate a whole bunch of things. They rate bonds. They rate commercial uh, obligations. They rate stocks. They rate insurance companies. They rate a little bit of anything. We're insurance focused.
1: They rate those, uh, what are they, the mixed mortgage things that caused the whole 2007, 2008 yeah, they, thing? Yeah, they right. messed yeah. that they, one they, up. They, they didn't do good on that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I hear you. Not, not going to name any names, but. Some rating companies really
2: kind of, you know,
0: dropped the ball on those guys. Yeah, there's a glitch in the algorithm. Yeah. yeah.
2: And so they don't want to play with the smaller players then? I think there's a few things about it. Number one is it's much more granular and difficult, I think, to look at a small company. It's much more time consuming. And I'm told some of the larger rating agencies will charge $250,000, $350,000 a year. And who's getting charged? The the insurer? The insurer, the yeah, the entity that's being rated. And for some of these small companies, that's like three people I can hire, you know. So I think the cost is part of it. And I think that it, it's probably difficult when you look at like standard poor's and Moody's, I think they got market caps and you know, tens of billions to be looking at a tiny little company in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania that, you know, it's got 10 million in assets. And they reinsure everything. I everything. It's just a disconnect between the, the corporate culture of the company and, and, and the goals of the entity.
0: And is this all still primarily on the property and casualty side? Um,
2: actually, it's a great question because short answer is no, it's not. We, we, we are doing some life and health. We were the first to do title insurance. Title insurance companies where, you know, you buy a house and want to make sure that it's your house. And uh, we were the first to do that. We did that back in 92, Uh, We were the first to do health maintenance organizations. So if you had a health maintenance organization, instead of an insurance company, we were doing ratings there. Public entities in the mid 80s had problems with uh, getting insurance and they formed their own pools. We rated them. We've got one set of pools. There's six of them. We rated them in the early 1980s. So we're talking like almost 40 years. And everybody said, it's impossible. They're all going to go under. They have paid 10 billion with a B. Of claims and losses, and they're still they're bigger never and finer never because they had a good reinsurance program. And who knows more about what public entities have as exposure to suits than public entities? And so you know I, we're really proud of that one. That was a, a good one. And the other thing we're doing now that in terms of in, uh, being a little bit innovative, and it's it's not insurance by statute, but we're looking at healthcare sharing ministries where people have uh, an opportunity to member has an opportunity to make a contribution, and then the member has an opportunity to make a request for reimbursement. It's the first time anybody's ever looked at them, and uh, we started doing that last year.
1: Our sponsor is Waveform Music Group. Andy and Carlin have been working with us to take the production of Conquering Columbus to the next level, and Josh and I cannot be happier with the results. Outside of podcast production, Andy and Carlin are experts in songwriting, music production, and sonic branding for companies of all sizes. And to learn more about them, head to their website, createwaveforms.com. That is createwaveforms.com and tell them Conquering Columbus sent you. So I'm curious, taking a step back and talking from the early days of demo tech, how do you go about scaling up that type of operation, right? Are you you and Sharon just going around rating and like picking up, like, how do, you, how do we actually start building that and expanding to what it is today?
2: No, we've been fortunate. We have Barry Kessler's, our chief ratings officer. He's a chartered financial analyst. Barry's been with us 26 years, pretty much from, you know, right after, right when we needed to start scaling. And Barry is extremely well-organized, probably much more than me. And uh, he has a team working with him. Doug Powell, 16 years. Bob Warren, 16, 17 years. Paul Osborne, 16, 17 years. And much of what we do is automated in terms of, you know, even an Excel spreadsheet or access or some of the simple databases. So we look at companies every quarter and we do it by exception. So if a company comes in this quarter on paper, looking just like it did last quarter, okay, you can set them aside. Somebody else comes in and they lost... You know, maybe they lost a lot of money or they lost what you think is too much money or unexpectedly lost money when they said they were going to make money. Well, we'll look at them right away. So uh, you can kind of prioritize. But we're right now at about maybe 450 companies. We think we could get to about 550 with our current staff because we've got some other analysts on the team. And what is the total market size? In terms of companies, Mm -hmm. I would say on the property casualty side, we're looking pretty much at a a specific group. There's probably about 4,000 there. The life and health side, maybe 1,500. The title insurance space, there's about 60, and we got all of them. We were the first Mm -hmm. to rate all of them. We got the biggest from the biggest to the smallest. But the other thing we do that I think is unusual, Josh, is we will actually pre-select. There's financial information you can buy public information. You can buy it on a quarterly basis. You buy it from from vendors and you get everybody in that in that mix in the, in the database. And we'll actually go in and figure out who we want because there's some companies that, you know, they're not going to be around. They suck. I guess i are going to use that word. Yeah. As long, totally we as long as we don't
1: name names. <laughs> no, <Right>. no names. <laughs> We've heard much worse on this podcast. Yeah, I'm
2: sure. But now we go in and we look at, you know, who we want to rate and that's our market. We don't we don't care about the bad guys. That's the other thing that's different from us and some of the other companies. We look for companies that are either unrated or or underrated. There's no sense calling somebody that's bad and calling them bad. I mean, it's like, you know, it's too much time. I want to spend my time helping the people that are good little companies that are being ignored or being uh underrated because they're little. Mm -hmm.
0: Is it a little bit of like misaligned incentives to some extent that you would reach out? Like pretend I was a poorly insured insurance agency and you reached out to me to rate me and I paid you to rate me, but then you rated me bad. I wouldn't want to pay you again. Right. So would I be
2: motivated to give a better rating? Well, you have to have a rating, right? Or no. There's some things you do need a rating for. I mean, theoretically, I'll be honest with you. Theoretically, you don't need a rating. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it's become the custom and the practice in the insurance industry over time. Theoretically, you don't really have to have one. You just have some practical hurdles if you don't.
0: Because I'd mentioned earlier that I don't even look at ratings.
2: You kind of were like, oh, I don't know if that's a great. See, I, kind of got that. <laughs> I kind of got that.
0: I kind of got that. I don't think that's a good idea. No, your agent.
2: I think your agent or is probably doing that for you. Yes. Uh, most yes. of them are very careful. But to your question about, yeah, money's changing hands. Does that incentivize you? We, again, because we were little and we were new, we did something that nobody ever did. Nobody's done it even today. If you go to our website for our, and we published these survival rates in 1989 when we got started. We said if a company gets a certain rating, 100% of them will survive. 18 months after we withdraw our rating. So that means if we withdraw the rating, you've got 18 months. And the reason we picked 18 months is pretty much lets your annual policy run out and then go get another one. The next rating down, we said at least 99% will survive 18 months. Then it was 97. Then it was 95. Then it was 90. And the last category we had was licensed, which is our tongue in cheek way of saying, you know, good luck with that company. And From 1989 to date, we have had those percentages verified, um, most recently by independent professionals, and we always hit our marks. The only one we never beat was 100%, but that was our way of telling people, yes, money's going to be changing hands, but this is our standard, and we're going to publish it, and it's public, and we, we got to hit it, and we have So, and, and I, again, I say nobody else has done that ever. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about the company early on, you mentioned all those
0: employee 10 years and a lot of them were 17, 18, 20, 25, but the company has been around for what? 35, almost 40. I mean, like it's a long time. So what happened between 85 to maybe it's like the early 2000s when you start really ramping up the team, it sounds like.
2: Yeah. Early on 85 to say 2000, we were kind of looking for our niche. And we were doing some consulting because we blended in my consulting with the other consulting. And we basically focused on insurance companies because that was our backgrounds. But they also have a a lot of formal regulatory things they have to do. They have to make one. Like most states, they want to review the policies that the company's going to issue before they issue them. The state's going to approve them. And the other thing they want to approve is the prices that the companies are going to charge consumers. The state usually approves them. And you have to make what's called a filing to get that done. And we were pretty good at filings. We could help justify things. We could help them explain them. And and so we did some consulting early on and we churned consultants. You know, we had a good consultant that did work for your company and then your company hired him away from us because he was a good you know, we mm-hmm. wanted them as an employee. And then around 2000, we kind of got serious. Uh, well, we were serious all the time, but we got more serious about the ratings. And um, we secured a, a couple of accreditations that helped us grow. And and then it kind of sticked. And now the ratings is a lot different than the consulting because the rating is an annual review process. So you have a different cash flow than if you're, you know, kind of kill it, need it when you're consulting. And how many people are on the team now? Uh, we're at 18 now mm-hmm. and we just literally just a couple of days ago uh we we uh, retained uh, a gentleman as a consultant we're gonna see how it goes mm-hmm. okay
0: so 19 employees and you're reviewing these companies on almost an annual basis i think is what you just said quarterly quarterly quarterly, doing quarterly. yeah yeah does that keep the whole team busy like i'm so ignorant of this i think it's like if I'm just plugging a company into an Excel spreadsheet, I'm thinking like 500, I could rip through these pretty quickly. But
2: Actually, it's, it's even easier than that because we can pull in the data from the data source we buy. So there's no data entry. It's all, it's all you know, kind of streamlined, if you will. And um, we got a couple of people at the office that, you know, again, our business model is we want good companies to begin with. So we're expecting everybody to kind of sort of be good. And if from quarter to quarter, they don't stay good. I use the analogy, like if you got a height weight chart, right? And somebody comes in, they're six foot two and they're large build and they should be, you know, 210 pounds. We look at that. If you think about that being on an automated basis, if that person who should be 210, if they first weighed 230, they're a little chunky, right? But the next quarter you look at them, they're two and a quarter. Next quarter, they're 220. They're headed towards 210. That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas a similar situation 62 medium build they're at 210 they start going to 220 230 240 they're heading the wrong direction mm-hmm. so a lot of what we do is is quantitative and it's all baselined speaking of chunky we <laughs> made a
1: commitment to uh, sorry this is a, this is you missed a uh, <laughs> you missed a, a on our previous interview i uh, made a, josh was asked me to uh, announce to the listeners that i've made a weight loss commitment and we said that I was going to tell my weight every time so one six or 162.6 this morning
0: and where do we start 168 Wow, that does, think, that sounds un- that I, sounds unhealthy. If you lose, if see if your if your rating changes too fast, right? Danger sign.
1: Danger yeah. sign. But I think I weighed in at a high point on Sunday. But that's neither here nor there. I'll give you two percent
0: of surviving eighteen months. <laughs>
1: All right, <laughs> deal. Uh, but so, Joe, uh, one of the so from there, right? Today, team, where are the teams at today? Right? What are your goals moving forward for the business, and and where do you see Demo Tech heading from here?
2: Things have evolved over time. Like I say, the company that we're up uh, that's the big dog and 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 the they've been around forever. And we've gone from maybe ten years ago, I would have one one person who runs an insurance company complain to me once a month mm-hmm. about, yeah, geez, you guys gotta get you guys gotta get bigger and more famous so you can help us get rid of the other guys' rating. We don't wanna deal with them. Gone from one a month to one a week, and sometimes two a week. So what I want to do, I want to. I certainly want to grow our count, get that 450 up to 500. I think is a, a I, I consider 500 to be like a tipping point. Uh, I want to continue to have a good track record in terms of identifying successful companies, and you know we certainly want to retain the people we have, and I, I think in the near future we're probably looking for a couple you know experienced good people uh, to come in. But I mean we're we're committed. We love these smaller companies. I mean it, it's really. You know you look around somebody well the company I was talking about uh, it's it, I'll give their name it's Frederick Mutual they're out of Frederick Maryland they are the third oldest property casualty company in the country almost 180 years old if you're a client of theirs or an insured like to your point Josh if you, you worry about getting your claim paid They've been doing it for 180 years. Mm-hmm. You know, I, we we kid at the office when we hear how old some of these companies are, we always, we look at each other and say, yeah, I kind of like their chances, you know? Right.
0: And so what about you personally? Like how, how involved are you in the business these days? And do you plan on staying around like that for the
2: foreseeable future? You know, I love what I do. I really do. I'm glad that my wife Sharon is not here because she would love to have retired years ago. I'm invested personally, emotionally, and like I say, we've got some nice things we're trying to do with the next couple of years. Uh, I still got a couple uh, arrows in my quiver and uh, I feel good about it. Just so you know, four or five years ago, I lost 50 pounds and I've kept it off. So, you know, keep it up. Yeah. Yeah. We're working on it. I got... Uh, you don't have 50.
1: I'll tell you that. I got 23 to lose. Is that uh, right? Oh. Well, so you were talking about those high, healthy height and weight charts. Yeah. I'm 5'4". Yeah, you, four. you
0: haven't seen him stand up yet. He doesn't. He doesn't change much. It's like... Sometimes you think it's still sitting. No, no, no.
1: You can't. It's, I got like the, you know, like the inside body fat, the bad, the worst kind oh, you can have. Visceral. Visceral. I get all the visceral body fat and I don't even like, I'm don't catch it. And then I step on the scale and it's like, oh, time to uh, get on a diet plan. But so from, from there, now that we've talked about yeah. losing some weight. What advice do you have for our listeners out there? In particular, just if it helps, our, our listeners are generally in the Columbus area, right? They're interested in entrepreneurship business. If they're listening to this show,
2: that's kind of what they're interested in. I, I think in the insurance industry, there are a lot of good companies out there that are not huge, that do not have, you know, geckos or good hands or on your side or, you know, the other things. They're, they're small. You go to church with some of those people. The other thing, I, I'll be honest with you, the other thing I like about the insurance business is there's pretty much a place for everybody. Like, for example, if you don't like to push papers, they need people to build, rebuild houses and repair damage. I mean, they, you know, and, and claims adjusters, they're the ones that go out and figure out, you know, how much damage was there and, you know, how was it going to cost to get it fixed? And, you know, how do you hire a good person to do it? I'm kind of partial to the insurance business. They, they just tend to be good employers. We're not smokestack companies right? I mean, we push papers. And, and the other thing about insurance companies, when you look at their investment portfolios, we are buying bonds for schools to build new schools. We're buying street and road bonds. We're buying highway bonds. We're buying things for you know, from governments where they need to borrow money to go out and get stuff done. And you don't have to be an actuary or a claims adjuster. You could be an insurance agent. I think that's certainly an honorable profession. But yeah, I mean, it, there's so many aspects of it that I think insurance gets a bad rap and they joke about it. But at the end of the day, I think it's an industry people could look at as as a possibility to grow. Certainly now, and on the life and health side of of things, as opposed to the property casualty, all we're talking about nowadays is how people are getting older and living longer. So maybe they need long-term care insurance. Maybe they need better uh, Medicare supplemental insurance. uh, uh, I mean, all those things, life insurance. I mean, all the way- doesn't matter what aspect of your life. So don't discount insurance as a career.
1: Amen. There you go. I like it. And uh, I think that's a great place, Joe, to go towards our last question of the show. It's centered around the theme here on Conquering Columbus, which is live uncomfortably. So without telling you too much about why we chose that for a theme, what do you think of when you hear it? How does it apply to your life and career?
2: Live uncomfortably. Hmm. I think for somebody like me, it's kind of a one trick pony on insurance. It would mean learning to do something else. I tell you, the, I look back, at the one thing I wish I would have done, and I don't care if it's roller skate, ice skate, I wish I would have learned something like that. Because I had, you know, I certainly my hand and eye coordination would be a lot better than it is today. Um, but I think, you know, it's funny you say that, because I'll be honest with you, I, I look at Columbus as live comfortably. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I mean, we're not an edgy city, I don't think. I think that's certainly our reputation is that we're, you know, kind of vanilla and we're just kind of a, a boring, great place to live you know? Um, but I, I don't know. I, I you kind of got me stumped with that one. Yeah.
1: No worries. Ain't nothing wrong with being a great place to live. So Joe, been great talking with you. Thanks so much for being on the show, talking about Dell with tech and your story. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. And conquerors. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed that interview, you want to hear more, just like it, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. You'll get, uh, interviews just like this every week on Monday. And, uh, we appreciate all your support. We'll talk to you next week.